1: Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia. Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics. I think that's what
0: keeps her alive in our hearts. And from what I've experienced, grief, it never goes away. It never goes away. It will always be there. It just hits you less and less. But when it hits you, it hurts the same.
1: You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Project Loving Myself. This week, we talk about how the human condition has the capacity to rewrite our destiny, to fight against all odds, and to change our story. This is an episode on the power of faith, miracles, and healing. Indeed, faith can move mountains, and here is a story of the power of belief in how one mother's journey persevered, despite facing heartbreak and loss, proving that with every miracle comes the opportunity for healing and a new, fresh chapter to look forward to. I'm talking about Sab Magalona pacaro who has had many different roles under her belt, including actress, host, blogger, musician, podcaster. But it is in the role of a mother where she has triumphed against all odds. She has seen the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. But through it all, she has stayed determined, her faith strong, with the belief that anything is possible, with a lot of love and faith on her side. Despite tragedy, Sab and her husband Jim found hope, gratitude, and and the power to go on. I'm sure we can take some very important life lessons from Sab's journey. Thank you for coming on the podcast, Sab. Nice, Anaya. It's so nice to see you again. Thank you for
0: having me. Thank you for being here. I've talked to you before, and it just makes so much sense that you're a podcaster because your voice <laughs> is so soothing,
1: I swear. <laughs> thank you so much you know it's really weird sad when people tell me that and a lot of people tell me they're like your voice is so soothing I'm like I've never you know like I don't listen to my voice right and I never like I would have never thought that that's how it sounds to other people so yeah thank you and
0: thank you for that intro thank you so much that's so sweet
1: Honestly, you've been through quite uh, a set of experiences and really I've read a lot of articles. I mean, of course I know you personally, but I've also read a lot of articles to see, you know, what you've said when you've been interviewed and so on. And really your journey is something I feel like it's such a powerful story that people need to hear. And I think that a lot of people can get a lot of relief from listening to how you came through Against so many different odds. Mm-hmm. So let me start, Sab. In your blog, you mm-hmm. wrote While Pancho is my superhero and his twin Luna is my angel, Vito is my champion. Yeah. <laughs> You're describing your three children. And through being a mother of these three children, okay, I'm sure you've grown a lot. You've gained an angel. You believed against all odds and you got your very own champion or I would call a rainbow baby. That's how Mm -hmm. you referred to him. And I I would imagine, you know, Vito is like the protector of the family. You know, he's number three. He's come in with this really strong energy. So tell me about this. You know, how do you feel? How did you feel when you were writing these words? Let's see. Well, I
0: do call Vito my champion baby because... I, I don't know if that's a legit term. I know rainbow baby, but then someone told yeah. me they're also called champion babies. I'm talking about babies that come after losing uh, a baby through stillbirth or a miscarriage. Then the next baby you have is called a rainbow baby or a champion baby. And usually it's because they are just so... I don't know, It's they're advanced in some way, like... I don't know if it's rooted in Super. science or anything, but
1: well, from what no, no, I we, yeah. we say from this. We say this in like a lot of different like books and spirituality and so on. Yeah. The rainbow baby is just the most beautiful energy. They're very advanced. And not only that, like you can see it in their eyes. There's just so much like wisdom from a very that, young age. That's true. Well,
0: I see that also in Vito. In everything he does, he just, he looks at me and he observes and he's really absorbing everything. He's 19 months now and he understands like, because my, my husband Jim always plays the guitar for him. So Vito knows the difference between chords and um, scaling. That's when you're tapping the the strings. Like he understands that now. And with piano also, he's really good. And yeah, I think even if, Vito is our champion baby And I'm so proud of him I would well, It's so hard to say things <laughs> I don't want it to be a sweeping statement And like a forever statement Because I don't want to I don't wanna. There are no favorites in our household But I do want to I do want to acknowledge that Our strength as a family It's really brought out by Pancho Our firstborn Because he really is so inspiring. And everything that we do for him, I feel like it's
1: because of what he gives us. That's how I feel. That's amazing. It sounds just so inspiring to watch every day as your children are growing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure seeing them interact, I mean, those moments must be really, really special in so many different ways.
0: Uh, speaking of of Luna, Naman, my angel. Of course, she's always in our hearts and in everything. I just feel I just feel her energy always, especially when I'm with Pancho, who is uh, her twin. twin. So I feel like whenever he accomplishes something, in my heart, I acknowledge Luna
1: because I feel like she's there helping him. I'm trying not to cry, by the way. <laughs> I, I know I can I can see that I can see that but you know it's it's a kind like when you can be vulnerable about those emotions mm-hmm. and you're talking about something so special I think that's the beauty of life yeah right that's True. the beauty and I know like Pancho and Luna will be forever connected Yeah. she's probably like walking down all the time <laughs> and laughing and celebrating with you guys every step of the way yeah I hope so <laughs> And I believe so, actually. (laughs) I'm sure. Now, Pancho has become the Internet's, one of the most beloved babies. And (laughs) your followers have been cheering him on, rallying him on. In a way, he's like a symbol of hope for a lot of people. I I know I've been following also his progress. There have been a lot of miraculous recoveries. He's developed at a pace that... Probably has exceeded any kind of expectation. Yes, and considering he was not even meant to make it through the night, yeah, he's come an incredible way from that. Super,
0: I, I, I can't even believe it. What do you attribute that to, Sab? You know what, Sanaya, I, I have to also acknowledge your help in this. <laughs> If I can jump forward to to this, I think yeah. it was when I talked to you and you told me that it's very important for me to be aware of my energy when I'm around Pancho. Because being a child uh, with cerebral palsy and um, being a ch- child with who is differently abled, they really, really benefit from the energy that you surround them with and that when when you told me that i became more aware and instead of worrying all the time i just stopped worrying and i just i just kept reminding myself that okay i need to be happy because it's in this happiness this happy positive radiant energy that he's going to feel confident in himself and i feel like that really really made such a huge change in him
1: you know um i and you know the sab that i really believe that what we believe about the situation, about the people around us has a huge impact on how they react. And it feels like you have believed all the way in Pancho's ability Mm. to, to develop, to progress, to do everything he's able to do. And I feel like that faith has been like the real miracle in his life. Yeah. (laughs) Does that resonate with you? Yeah, mine and um, my husband, Jim. Of course, and Jim. Jim, yes. I mean, like both of you together, I know even Jim is, he's very much involved in the family. And I can also see, like, I've read a lot of his posts about (laughs) being a father through all of this. I can see also how he's changed quite a bit and how he's learned. Yeah. You also mentioned that Pancho, like a superhero, saved you and your husband. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, you know, just the other day I was I was talking to Pancho
0: because he is three years old, he's non-verbal, but I keep talking to him and I was just telling him that I, I was so thankful for him because I know that he has changed me as a person. And yeah, just as a as a human being, he's he's changed me, I think, for the better. I've become more patient, I've become more understanding. It just put things in perspective. like I know not a lot of people know about what I went through, and those that don't know what I went through, they could be kinder, you know, <laughs> but those that know about it, they have been so warm and supportive of me and you know, I, I really struggled during the first year. I wasn't in the best place because, you know, I mentally and emotionally and physically, I was, I was very tired. And that just, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to cry on the podcast, <laughs> but Sam, it's a safe <laughs> place. Okay. Yeah. So that just, that has translated into me always thinking about other people and what they have, what they may be going through, what they have gone through. And it made me a kinder person, a kinder and more understanding person.
1: And I really thank Pancho for that. You know, Sab, that first year you were grieving. Super. It wasn't just being a mother. You were still grieving. And that's one of the most difficult things for anyone to have to go through. You know? And talking about grief, Sab, you lost your father at a young age. Yeah. And then you lost a child. What have you learned about the grieving process? What has it taught you? And I ask this, Sab, because I've worked with a lot of people with loss. And that's always like a really big challenge. That's always something that, you know, everyone does it very differently. I recently faced loss. My great. Grandfather, my husband's great grandfather, to COVID, and you know I'm a therapist. I'm a healer. Like I, I understand grief. I understand the stages of grief. You know, it took me a couple of weeks just to get myself to stop crying every time I would think of him. And, you know, sometimes we don't let ourselves cry. Sometimes we don't let ourselves grieve. Uh, so I kept reminding myself that whatever emotions I feel express them and let it be. And, you know, like my children were watching me cry every time we would talk about their great grandfather. Right. Mm -hmm. And grieving itself is, is just such a interesting journey. I mean, at the end of the day, now I just remember the, the happy memories. I celebrate what we had together, but the process of grieving, I mean, that's not easy for anyone. So tell me about how it was for you and perhaps what you've learned from that.
0: Okay. When I lost my dad, it was a very strange time in my life. I went through like a rebellious phase and, and when he was sick, I felt like I dealt with it the wrong way. I, I ran away. I, like, I literally ran away from home because I couldn't deal with it. And when I lost him, I was there the day that he passed but since then i just totally dedicated my whole life to making my mom happy that's how i that's how i dealt with it that's how i tried to to make amends for some reason for me like i also just i just lost my dog last year okay. that was my first baby and for me what i don't know if it's the right well there is there are different ways to grieve right but sometimes i just like imagining them both my dad and my dog just being in antipolo in my mom's house okay i just like you know just imagining them there because my dog did spend a lot of time with my mom especially when i had my kids i just i feel like it makes me deal with it better
1: feeling like they are still here but they must be I mean the memory is here right yeah right and memories have a life of its own yes correct like we can get lost in our memories
0: sometimes when
1: we think about people that we've lost and we can play out what life would have been like I mean that is a presence of some kind Yes, so I understand that. What is difficult?
0: It's, it's, I mean, it's. It's not. It's not any more difficult. I think it's all different, but it was different losing my baby girl that I held her in my arms, and I have, and that's my only. I'm gonna
1: that's send you my unconditional o- love. Okay, Sab. Okay,
0: that's that's my only memory. With her. Thank you. And. So that's. That's what makes it different. Having that memory of her. But in a way. I think. My other memories of her. Is my husband. Staying beside me. In the hospital. Going from. My room in the ICU, uh, going to Pancho in the NICU, and then going to the morgue, taking care of all of that and being so strong. And I choose to focus on that and having my family around me supporting our small family. And I think all of these memories... That we are making as a family now. It's to honor Luna. And I think that's what keeps her alive in our hearts. And from what I've experienced, grief, it never goes away. It never goes away. It will always be there. It just hits you less and less. But when it hits you, it hurts the same. Do you understand what I'm saying, like I do when it's fresh, like for me, I cried almost every night. I cried almost every night because it was fresh now i I mean I don't cry as I don't cry as often, but when it hurts me or when it just it pops into my head and I choose to okay, i think i'm gonna I think I'm gonna grieve tonight, and then I mm-hmm. just let it out. I cry.
1: So you just honor. You honor how you feel in that moment. Yes, yes. yes. Like,
0: like the reason when why I haven't been, I think I haven't been crying as often is because now I'm I'm busy making a life that I think would honor her, living a life that I think would yeah. honor her, taking care of her brothers, um, loving her father, uh, trying to dedicate my life to helping other babies who are sick and in need of help I think that's what will you know that's that's how I should honor her instead of instead of crying all the time I mean I think it's healthy to cry definitely but I do want her to be happy for me
1: you know I think that Definitely, as you said, it's very healthy to cry. It's very important to grieve, to process. And whatever Mm -hmm. we need to feel and do, especially when we're going through the mourning process, everything is okay. Everything is valid and it's correct for us. But I think after a while, we just have to make sure, and I think you really did, but we just have to make sure we don't get stuck in the grief, but that we take the grief And we channel it in a positive way. So I think it's what we do with grief that makes all the difference. And I think, like you mentioned, when it came to your father's passing, after he passed, for you it was all about what you could do for your mother. So you channeled that loss and that grief into making your mother feel happy and feel like you're there for her. Yes. I know that for my husband, losing his grandfather, so it's our kid's great-grandfather, it's his grandfather, but he's taken from that, and it was a big loss because he lost his father when he was four years old, my husband, and so losing the person closest to him, you know, who was a father figure was a big, big loss for my husband. But I've watched how, of course, he's mourned, he's grieved, but then he's sort of, taken all that energy. And he said, you know what, I'm going to channel this into the foundation. He's always wanted to do like a foundation, some kind of foundation for children. And my, our grandfather, his grandfather was really big on giving back and, you know, charity. And so for my husband, it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take over. And this is going to be it. This is going to be for my, my grandfather, you know, and I saw you did something similar with a hospital with a wing that is dedicated or named after Luna, correct? Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a playroom that's playroom. for yeah that's for children who are sick in Quirino Memorial Medical Center. That's yeah. It's in partnership with Kaith Foundation. We named the playroom after Luna.
1: Yeah. yeah. How did you feel doing that?
0: Definitely, I think it was a beautiful way to honor her. I think it's it's very important for children who are sick to still be able to play. And, you know, especially those who are going through long term treatment, we don't want them to just, you know, just be in the hospital and be, you know, that that's just their life. We wanted to make it something like if they have to keep going back to the hospital, there's a place for them to look forward to going to.
1: And that's what the playroom is it's such an amazing intention (laughs) thank you now before we get to the next question we're going to be right back after this short break Hi there i'm mish host of misconceptions
0: the podcast that talks about the common struggles of modern day millennials and gen z's as we all navigate through college enter the real world and build our careers let's talk about the realities of adulting and corporate world that no one will tell you about these are the things you wish you knew sooner to get ahead in life or simply just to get by Join me in my podcast, Misconceptions as we discuss maximizing college, life after college, building your career, self-improvement, relationships, and anything and everything that will help you on your personal and career development. So make sure you check out my podcast after you listen to this episode. See you there.
1: Now, Sab, loss, especially the loss of a child, can be very hard on a couple. Yeah. And uh, again, I've seen that really cause a lot of stress, a lot of uh, difficulty in relationships. But with you and Jim, it feels like you two really pulled together, you know, like you really supported each other. And, you know, I worked with you and Jim and I saw how both of you were more concerned about each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, at it, it, so many times and it was like really admirable for me to see how the two of you took this difficulty and instead of letting it tear you apart, it kind of brought your relationship to the next level or to perhaps a completely different energy, a different understanding of each other. So tell me about how did you do that? How did the two of you manage that given the circumstances?
0: You know, when, when you, when you lose a child and when your other child is battling for his life in the hospital for months and you and your husband survive that like you get out of that in one piece i think you have to keep acknowledging that you've you survived the worst losing a child is the worst and now, I think we just keep going back to that. Like if there's something that's difficult. Well, first of all, I'm very blessed that I have such an amazing husband and partner. And he's my best friend. So we rarely we rarely even have anything to fight about. He's just so awesome. And he's such a great father too. But now what we do is we help each other when we're stressing out about something. Maybe work-related. Late- maybe it could be a difficulty with pancho and his therapy you know or something like that when we're getting stressed we like to remind each other that hey it's okay we've dealt with worse this is this is nothing and we just keep going back to that and it gives us strength to just you know breathe and be like oh yeah we did that and so we can we can do anything
1: you know um in one of the classes I teach in Theta Healing, we talk about how problems can really bring a couple together as well. So the really big ones, the really difficult ones, sometimes they tear the family apart, but generally problems can bring the team of like a husband and wife together because they got to work through it and they'll never survive it if they don't support each other. You know, if they don't learn to kind of be there. And and sense what the other person needs more than anything. So I can see how this situation made you guys much stronger. But it must have also been very stressful. I mean,
0: it was. It was stressful for me. I remember when I went to you the first time and talked to you, Sanaya, that I was telling you how I was concerned because I was doing all the crying. (laughs) And I just kept crying, 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 as in like bawling at night. And he wasn't crying. And I was just concerned about him. Like, I feel like he's See? not... See, that's <laughs> what I mean. You were so yeah. concerned
1: about him and he was so concerned about you. Yeah,
0: yeah. So which is beautiful. <laughs> so it was stressful given the fact that we we were dealing with it differently. And I think he was just so careful... With me at the start to not trigger anything that would... Not that he didn't want me to cry. Definitely he was there holding my hand and, you know, hugging me. But he was thinking that it, it must be really hurting me. And he didn't want to trigger that as much as he could. So we were kind of... At, a, at some point, maybe I feel like he was walking on eggshells around me. Taking care of me and he was just so scared because he almost lost me as well and that's when i really felt his love because he just he just did not give up on me and he was just so sweet actually if i could share this is so funny because i mean looking back now it's so funny and sweet in a weird way but so i was i was i was losing a lot of blood and in the hospital after I gave birth. And the doctors kept trying to find what was causing it. And so I did all of these tests. I was in the hospital confined for 10 days doing all these tests in and out of the ICU because my blood kept dropping, my hemoglobin levels. Um, and so I did all these tests, including a colonoscopy, an endoscopy. And after my colonoscopy, I was, I was pretty high, right? Because you're supposed to be sedated when you do that. Okay. And then... I, like, Talked to me after, and he was like, "Hey, I know it's done, that." And then I've literally seen inside of you, and you're beautiful inside. <laughs> and I thought that was so funny and so sweet. Oh. And it's, it's just that's just one example of how awesome he is as a partner and as a husband, and and it's just so sweet. I think he was very careful about me, and he loved me, but he didn't see me as weak. I didn't feel that. He was careful. But then I still found it really sweet that he still thought I was sexy like right after I gave birth. <laughs> and after that, he was like, you know, he still thought I was sexy and making me feel that. And I think that was very important. I think that's very yeah. important. That's so cute, <laughs> Sam. And it's so Jim. It like, it's so him. I know. I wish, I wish all... I wish all women could have, like, a gym.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, why not? Why not? Everybody should have someone (laughs) who loves them and supports them and is there for them. And, you know, who will do anything. And that's what I saw with Jim is he he was just ready to do whatever it took to keep that family, keep your family together. And I think it's beautiful that you found each other. Yes. you know. I think think it's a big
0: a big reason why our relationship works is that he's not, sorry to say to guys, but he's not the typical man who doesn't like to talk about his feelings. Yeah. He loves communicating. Uh, to the point that I'm the one sometimes who's a little like, okay, what's, what's happening? What are we talking about? But he'll sit down and he'll say, Sabi, I think I need to tell you that. So, you know, he communicates with me. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think a lot of Guys do that. I don't think they're in touch with their emotions. And I think, I think that's what makes our relationship work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Communication. Yes. Communication and I think knowing yourself. Because it's yeah. one thing to communicate, but if you have no idea what you're feeling yeah. and you can't communicate what you're feeling to the other person, yes. then it becomes that much more difficult to get through anything together. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, Sam, you came to me, you and Jim came to me for some Theta Healing sessions. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that earlier, okay? And um, we worked through a lot of what had happened and how you were coping with it. How did it help you? What did you notice as you went through the healing? What was that experience like?
0: You know, I mean... I'm going to be I told you right when before I, before I started my session with you I was like I'm so like I have to be honest like this feels a little strange I feel like I'm I'm doing something wrong you know and and it was it was new to me this whole energy theta healing thing but I was willing to try it out because I had gone to talk therapy I did different sessions with some therapists and it was working. It helped a little bit, but I was willing to try something else. And it was when my friend who went through something similar told me about you. And I thought, I don't know a lot of people who have gone through what I did. And this, this friend of mine said that it really helped her. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to do this. And When I did it, I have to say, it just, I felt so much lighter, even after one session. I just, physically, I just felt so light. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't know if like, you know, all of this stuff is, I don't know how it works. But definitely, I think, I think it, I think it it can help when it's, it's different for people some people journal, some people pray, and there are different things that you can do to to help yourself cope, to help yourself survive grief and for me, trying out theta healing that was that was very different to me it was and Jim says that it was kind of a game changer because it was that I, I had my turning point after that. He said he could feel the energy. I was like, there. and this—oh my gosh—it sounds like an ad. I swear it's not, <laughs> but it's true. But it's true. It's true. I, I just—I don't know what
1: happened. <laughs> how did you know that you needed help, Sam? Because I think that's another difficult thing for people. People mm-hmm. get swallowed up by this, this, the situation, the tragedy in their life, and they don't know how to climb out of that that hole. Uh-huh. How did you know to get help and? to do something about it.
0: Mm, I just I mean I, I was I guess I I don't I'm I'm totally on board with getting helps uh to get to seek help do what you can to help yourself but you know, it's trying out different things and seeing what would work for me. I knew that I needed help. I told you right I don't think it was postpartum depression, what I was going through. It was grief that's happening right after I gave birth. It's also, it's a different kind of, here, I lost Luna, my baby, but I also lost the idea of having a typical healthy boy as well. So it's a different kind of grief. So I was
1: grieving two different things at the same time. Plus, you went through a lot yourself. Yeah. I mean, you—you you were in a very precarious situation yes, after giving yes. birth yourself. You lost a lot of blood. You had a, a yeah. lot that yes. you went through. So yeah. I would say it wasn't even just two different things. Yes, That's I mean true. you must have been traumatized. Oh, definitely. I think this
0: is—we we acknowledge both Jim and I. We acknowledge that we have this was a very traumatic experience, and we we do suffer from PTSD. But it's, it's, I think it's really important that we acknowledge that that we have sought help for it and that we continue to keep talking to people. We, we both are seeing a therapist now
1: and we just keep discussing what's happening with us. And I think that's what will always keep you afloat is the, the attitude and the mentality that there is help and I can always get help. Yes. for whatever i need yes i think that you know we're all and i think this is worldwide it's not just the philippines but i think pe- more and more people are realizing that it's so important to get help for mm-hmm. whatever you're going through you know this is mm-hmm. kind of the the age where it's about mental health and well-being and whatever it takes to get through things Yes. So I think it's it's beautiful that you continue to this day. I mean, it's it's been a while now yeah. and you still make sure that whatever help you need, you're getting it. Yes, yes.
0: Uh, and the answer your, to go back to your question about how I knew I needed help, it was through communicating with my husband. And he, he was telling me that he wanted to take care of me to keep, being there for me when I'm breaking down. But it's also taking a toll on him. That his heart is also breaking every time I would super ball like that. And it was a lot. It was like almost every night. And I didn't want that. I didn't want him to have that all on him. And he wasn't, he's not a professional. As much as he wants to help me, he told me that, He wants me to be taken care of. And that's that's what prompted me to really find something that would help me. And I don't think it's just a it's a one-time thing.
1: I think it's a it's a process. I agree. It's definitely it's something we have to grow into and we have to grow through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now looking back, Sab at everything. What are the most important lessons that you learned from everything you went through? What would you highlight as perhaps things you learned about life and then secondly, things you learned about yourself?
0: Well, like I told you, from, from what happened, from all of these experiences, yes. from loss, from
1: grief. from loss, From, from, from loss, from watching Pancho you know, what he's been through and how he's essentially, I think, won from this situation in so many ways, like as in he has proved how strong he could be. Mm -hmm. You have proved that. I mean, Jim, between all of you looking at everything, what has all of these experiences taught you?
0: I think it's taught me that not everything is based on Numbers and charts. When Pancho was born, the doctor said that it looks like he's not going to make it through the night. They said through the months that he was in the Niku. It was the worst prognosis ever. He would be a vegetable. He would not learn to, you know, even just lift his head. They were preparing us for the worst. I guess and I know they were just trying to to soften the blow were they <laughs> I mean I, maybe, maybe getting me ready for the worst and I do I do see what the power of love can do I think it's just amazing I see the love in my son's eyes and it brings me to keep moving forward, pushing, seeing what I can do, doing my research. And, and that's what really has helped me become who I am today. Love is, love is just really
1: powerful. We want to say hi and big thanks to the guys from Kumu. Kumu is a Pinoy live streaming app where you can connect with Filipino streamers and celebrities. Use our link in the description to follow some Kumu streamers. Zab's cerebral palsy is a very, it's a very scary disease and condition. But if you look at Pancho, he's doing so many things that would not be expected of a child with that condition. Yes, Definitely. And I've seen the videos. That's why I call.
0: I, I we consider him really a miracle. He's just he's showing us miracles every single
1: day. He's it's it's just it's just amazing. I mean, most kids with cerebral palsy they they don't move. They can't move. They can't stand up. They can't sit.
0: Here's the thing, Sanaya, which I think Jim and I want to clarify. We. Of course, there are different. There's a whole spectrum to cerebral palsy. There are more serious cases. Yes, and I think Pancho, his condition, what happened to him, his brain bleed, was gonna really put him in that serious position. That's why we believe that it's all about awareness. That therapy, therapy is really the answer. early intervention. is so important. And it's not just, you know, hiring a therapist and then, you know, they see them once or twice a week and that's it. No, it's really therapy that you integrate to your in your daily life and your daily activities. And if you see it as oh, you know, it's about all about energy as well. Like if you feel like, okay, here's there's therapy. No, we're gonna do this. Okay, let's do he's gonna cry. He doesn't like it. So, you know, everyone's like sad that it's happening. But we found great therapists who told us from the get-go that, okay, it's going to be difficult for the parents right now. You guys are going to hear him cry because it's something new to him. He's not used to it. He's going to get tired. It's like exercise. And if you guys as parents can, if if we as parents can give Pancho, the support that he needs, instead of being like, oh no, he's crying and I hate this. But more of like, you can do it, Pancho. Yeah, you can. Yes. Look at that. That's great. That's encouragement. So that That is so important. And that really changed. Like now Pancho looks forward to therapy. As in he's so excited when he sees his therapist at the start. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. But now it's like it's playtime And we do therapy with him In everything we do In handling him In how we hold him So I think it's I think that's really what Jim and I Would love to work on It's the awareness of Of this whole thing That cerebral palsy Doesn't mean Doesn't have to mean That your child will be Just lying down Looking at the ceiling For the rest of his or her life So I think this is I think I think what happened to us and having this platform, like right now I'm on the podcast with you so I can help spread the word about it. I think, yeah. I think that's, a, that's, a, that's some form of blessing. I think there's, there's a reason why he was given to us, why we were chosen to be his parents. I think it's for a bigger thing. And we are definitely honored to be part of his life.
1: I think that's, that's the thing, right, Sab? It's, it's the difference between being resigned to a certain fate. Mm -hmm. The doctor said this, this is the prognosis. This is the worst case scenario. And I'll buy, like, I'll take it. Yeah. Buying into that, believing into that. So why bother? Not why? It's not like anybody would not want to bother for their own child, but sometimes you get, you give the power Mm -hmm. to decide what will happen in any given situation to somebody else. Yes. And a lot of people give that power to their doctors. Yes. And what happens is we may perhaps discount all the possibilities that are out there for something different to happen, like a different outcome. Yes. And I think that it's important for people to hear that you can make a different choice. You don't yeah. have to buy into what even a doctor tells you because they're giving you, and, and I have a lot of respect for a doctor, so I don't mean don't listen to the doctor. I mean, yes, you should be very realistic and practical about the situation, but there should also be the belief that anything is possible from the situation, that the situation can be the exception to the rule, or, you know, it can exceed your expectations in every way. And just that belief, like the the power of belief, Mm -hmm. the power in miracles, you know, that love you talked about, love. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like these are the things that I think influence the outcomes in situations in our life and perhaps lead us to possibilities Mm. That are far greater than we would have ever imagined on our own. I agree. Do you agree with that, Seth? I completely agree. Because I, I feel like that's what happened with you and Jim. Mm-hmm. You know, like you didn't take what you were told. You decided to make a different story. Yeah. And looking at your son, I mean, wow. What a beautiful miracle. hmm Right. What would you say to parents struggling out there? They're going through similar loss or challenge in their life. They have to deal with the situation. And I, I think what you said earlier. I mean, that really, that really just hit the 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 nail on the head. Was you had to deal with the fact that not only did you lose a child, but you lost that sort of expectation of what your life would have looked like mm-hmm. if you were raising a child mm-hmm. who didn't have these very different needs uh-huh. yeah right that uh-huh. was a big that was a big shock yeah at that time and that yes. probably took your mind to adjust to that yes. so what would you tell people who are still grappling with these kind of situations are still trying to accept
0: mm-hmm.
1: the situation on hand what will mm-hmm. be your message
0: well I don't mean to plagiarize but Jim did tell me something that he heard from a podcast that I, I I can't even give you what the name of the podcast or who who said this but it was just so beautiful it was something about when having a child with special needs it's like Preparing, planning, packing, making the itinerary for your trip to the United States. And then you get to the destination and it's not the U.S. It's Italy or it's, it's Paris. It's different. It's different, but it's beautiful. And that's exactly how it feels to have a child with special needs. You're so prepared for your child to be able to sit up, to walk, and do all of these things that typical children would do at a certain point in their lives. But with Pancho, his milestones are different. For me, he's he's three years old. And for him to... I mean, he only said mama last Christmas when he was almost three. And that was just so big to me. And I guess... We, we take these things for granted. We take all of these things for granted. And Pancho, he, he just really makes me appreciate all those little things. Not just with what he's doing, but in life. I just think he is such a big blessing to me. And I want to do the same for him. So if I can tell something to parents who have children with special needs or who have suffered loss, I would say, just honor your children. Regardless, if you lost them, or if they are different from what you expected, you do things to honor them. That's what you always think of.
1: I think that was just such a beautiful statement. Is to honor your children, and I think it works for a lot of different things—not just loss, yeah—not just uh, you know having a child with special needs, but having a child that makes choices that are different from what you expected. That's true. You know, having a child that has diff- a different orientation yes. than what you might have envisioned or pictured for them. Yes. Having a child that, uh, you know, makes choices that don't agree with yours. Yes. No matter what, we honor them for who yeah. they are. Mm-hmm. And I think we believe in all that we they can be. Mm-hmm. You know, we allow them. We honor them and we support them. Yes. In being who they can be, celebrating that every step of the way. Yes. Wow. That is such a, I think, important message mm-hmm. to share with other people. Now, Sab, you mentioned that you got help through these different points in your life whenever you needed it. What else do you do? What would you say? Are your well-being practices, rituals, little things Mm -hmm. that might have helped you as you have journeyed through motherhood, through these different experiences? What has worked for you? It took me a while,
0: but what really has helped me is to start the day by writing down just three things I'm grateful for. No matter how small, just three things that's before anything before you check social media before you eat breakfast it's just just think of three things and if you don't want to write it down, okay, <laughs> but it, just think about them just think of three things it was a really good practice for me to practice gratitude and yeah that's that's one of the things that helps me i've I only started working out last year, <laughs> and that also helped me and I don't know what else. <laughs> that, that, well, those are small me, things that I can think of.
1: Tell me something, Sab. Was it hard to focus on yourself again after everything? Yes, yes. Yeah, it feels yeah. like you had a lot on your plate. Yes, yes.
0: It was. It was you? very. It, it was very different. Aside from, like, like I said, aside from my child's loss and these different kinds of grief, I think becoming a mother there's some kind of grief in that because i think i struggled because there's this certain belief that parang you lose yourself when you become a mother there's this thing that's just i don't know we're we're brought up to think that that's what happens it's internalized that parang ah nanay na siya. so like lana and that's all she is and i kind of i struggled with that for a bit especially being you know in a in the band scene in my rebellious phase as a teenage girl and you know doing all sorts of stuff but i think it's it's so important for women for for mothers to not think of it as loss you didn't lose yourself. You just you evolved. And you're still you. You are still you. And you just added new elements into your life. You learned things. You you upgraded. So that's that's how I dealt with it. Motherhood is an upgrade. Yes, motherhood is an upgrade. Yeah. Not if you learn it. But, but I don't want I don't mean to to make the The non-parents feel bad. I mean,
1: no, 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 we're not doing that.
0: (laughs) Just compared to your old self, I guess that it it feels like an upgrade because you just learn so many things.
1: I think any new role, right? We take on. Yes. It's an upgrade of mentality, of mindset, right? Because you got to learn something. You got to learn a lot about yourself. You have to reorient yourself to the new requirements and, you know, expectations and i think the best part is you learn a lot about yourself in the bargain
0: i think actually even when it comes to adopting a pet or something you know that's an upgrade because you change your life you change your your schedule because you want to feed that dog or that cat that happened to me when i became a a fur mother and (laughs) yeah i think i think fur mother (laughs) i I like that it it just it changes you. It transforms you when you start caring about things other than yourself.
1: Responsibility too, right? You're suddenly yeah. responsible to somebody else. Yes. And that's a big learning experience on its own.
0: Yes. But of course, it also takes some learning to focus back into taking care of yourself. Because yeah. I I did have, I do have ten, the tendency because my, my love language is acts of service. So I tend to just like give, 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 give all of my time. And I just tend to forget to give time to myself. But I do understand now that you can't pour from an empty cup. And it's so important to re-energize, to refill that cup so that you can
1: continue to keep making others, you know, happy. Agreed. I'm going to repeat that for everyone listening in. You cannot pour from an empty cup cup, which is why self-love is really so important. And this podcast is all about that. So, Sab, Mm -hmm. we always end the show, the episode, with a Project Loving Myself sort of message, mantra, or quote. Mm -hmm. Um, It's anything that inspires you with respect to self-love, anything you'd like to share or tell our listeners. So what would be your Project Loving Myself? Mantra or quote for the end of the episode.
0: I just, I want to, I want to remind everyone that tomorrow is not promised. I mean, I almost, I almost died. So in everything you do, just choose what makes you happy. Do it today. It's just, it's crazy not to. And also if you're feeling like you don't have the confidence to do something, just remember that you'll find confidence in yourself if what you're doing is rooted in kindness and truth.
1: That is actually very inspiring. Thank you so much, uh, Saab, for everything you have shared on the episode. I know these are not easy topics to to talk about. (laughs) Um, I think I really put you in uh, an interesting situation.
0: It's all right. I feel like I, I feel like this was a therapy session. <laughs> Thanks, Sanaya, for the yeah. freebie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and actually, on that note, I did want to do something for you. Oh, I did want to do a healing for you. actually oh, okay. Sab, if you let me do that on the um, episode. Um, what I wanted to do was clear any shock and trauma, okay, that you've carried since the last that I've seen you. Um, I'd also like to release any free-floating memories. So these are just kind of like energies and memories from the past that it's time to kind of just free yourself from that. So may I go ahead and do that for you? Okay, yes, please. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm going to go ahead and close my eyes. and you're do welcome I have to close of course. my eyes? Yeah, you're welcome to okay. close your eyes and just relax. Okay, sure. Okay. So Sab as You've given me permission to do. I'm releasing all the shock and trauma of anything that's still hanging in your space and also releasing all free-floating memories that no longer serve you. I'm also going to go ahead and send unconditional love into every cell of your body, all your belief levels, every area of your life. I'm going to download that you're safe and protected and so is your family. That you never have to Worry again about anything because you and Jim have already learned and established that you have each other and that you can get through everything, and that has been the most powerful lesson of all. Yes, yes, that you're safe now, and so is your family. All right, all right,
0: thank you. How do you feel?
1: I feel great. Oh, wow. Just a little something in gratitude to you for sharing so much. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Sab. I think this was a very therapeutic session. Mm -hmm. Session, no episode. It was an episode (laughs) and not a session. (laughs) Also sort of a session, let's say. Also sort of a session. Yes, you're right. So, um, yeah, I do think it was very therapeutic and I think it was very helpful to People listening in, I think this is going to really, I think, help people navigate some very difficult circumstances, just seeing how you've done that. So thank you for um, lending your voice to this. Thank you. And also, I want to I
0: wanna just remind people that it's not about, I mean, it, it could be, I mean, it's important also to, to choose the right thing for you, but for me, just, keep trying and you have to keep talking you have to keep letting it out What what you've gone through um if it's data healing if it's something else even right now if it's not available to you at least talk to a family member or a
1: friend it's important for you to let it out so i agree agreed completely now sab if anyone would like to follow you get in touch
0: how do they do so You can follow me on social media. It's Sab Magalona. That's two A's. Sab, S-A-A-B. And also, I have a podcast with my husband, Jim, who we just talked about so much in this episode because he's amazing and I love him. It's called Wake Up (laughs) with Jim and Sab. It's exclusively on Spotify. And yeah,
1: that's it. It's always on the top of the charts, guys. So (laughs) check out the podcast. Thank you. So this episode... I mean, I loved how Sab called it more of a therapy session. It kind of did feel like it. Um, I loved how honest she was about everything she had been through. I mean, that is not an easy feat to deal with so many different tragedies and losses. And I think that what's so beautiful is that no matter what we go through, we can rise above it, that we all have the power to do it no matter how difficult it is. Now, let me know your thoughts of this episode, of uh, the topics we talked about today, such as grief, loss. I know I have had to deal with my own, and I'm sure many of you out there are also dealing with a lot of loss given the current situation and circumstances around the world. Share on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to tag at Project Loving Myself and at Sanaya Gurnamo on all social media channels. It would also be amazing if you could follow my podcast on Spotify and do give me a rating on Apple Podcasts. With your love, with your support, And with your feedback, I hope to be able to give you more and more episodes that really help you navigate your life better, help you find the well-being and self-love that you deserve. Now we end this week with our project Loving Myself quote. As always, this one is in honor of Sab for what she's been through. Believe you can and you are halfway there. And that's by Theodore or Teddy Roosevelt. Thank you for listening in, for joining me on this episode of the Project Loving Myself podcast. I look forward to connecting with you again on next week's episode. Remember, you are loved and you have more strength than you could ever imagine possible. This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by PodMetric.